0: Hello, and welcome back to the Dorpheus Podcast. I am your co-host, Mike, and joining me is my co-host. Who was able to build this in a cave with a box of scraps? Of course, who else am I going to be talking about besides (laughs) Daniel? How are you doing today, Daniel?
1: (laughs) I am doing great.
0: (laughs) It's good to see that you were able to escape that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that that terrorist cell that kidnapped you and uh you're able to fly out of there with no problems
1: yes that was so convenient
0: (laughs) they made a movie about it it was was, you know it started this whole thing that was you know it's it's one of the greatest cinematic things you know in recent memory but yeah it was great yeah good to see you're doing well you just had some burger king and you know (laughs) you're feeling better
1: exactly though i think they could have gotten someone more handsome than robert Downey jr to play me in the movie (laughs)
0: Someone a little bit more handsome, I'm, you yes. know, it has to be a little bit more realistic, right? Exactly. If it was like an Adonis, right? It'd be like, oh, this is too fictional. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Folks, we are going to be doing, doing something pretty cool uh, for today's episode, uh, you know, to, to kind of commemorate not just the, uh, you know, we, we are like, we, we are like hands deep into uh into moon Knight at the moment have you been watching moon Knight at all i
1: have not uh, me and my fiance we have been uh going through the netflix marvel shows that have been put on disney plus
0: oh i've got a lot to say about those when we talk about it but yeah they're technically canon now? yes i think I mean,
1: so i i mean uh let's see uh charlie cox showed up in an actual mcu thing so i i yeah. assume so.
0: Yeah. Hey, don't worry about spoilers, folks. You've seen these movies. Move on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to be ranking the MCU. Uh, we're going to be doing it phase by phase. So you may maybe not necessarily we're going to do this like week after week, but uh, we're going to be starting at least with phase one, you know, to celebrate not only just Moon Knight, but right around the corner, folks. We got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, other than the the, the Disney Plus shows, Daniel, like are you and Taylor like all caught up?
1: Uh yes, I have a fun fact. Uh, just this week, I finally got around to watching No Way Home. Oh, like, nice! It, it came yeah. on rent. Like we red boxed it, so I finally got to sit down and watch it. And uh, yep, uh, it, was, it, was, it was like best Spider Man movie ever.
0: Yeah, don't, I mean, don't leave me hanging. Like, what, what, what else did you think about it? Like, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a spectacular. I mean, pun intended, right? But like, it's, it's yeah. definitely like a, a huge spectacle of a film.
1: Exactly. I mean, like I said, we joked it's live action Spider Verse, basically.
0: Oh man, and I'm 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 a little bummed that like the Spider Verse across the Spider Verse got delayed into 2023. Ah, oh, uh, I didn't recently... see that. Yeah, so uh, we were supposed to get part one of that, uh, I think, in November or October of this year, and then part two was supposed to be June or July of 2023. But then that got cut. That got forwarded or that got pushed uh, because I think Spider Verse wants to compete with the Flash. That movie that's gonna be bad. Oh yeah,
1: because that's such a <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, it, I guess because they know it's no competition. I don't know.
0: With mm-hmm. starring known criminal Ezra Miller.
1: <laughs> well, hey, listen, Mike. It's always be gay and do crime until it actually happens. <laughs> be gay, do crime. <laughs>
0: what the hell is that? that's a thing I am not hip with the young people <laughs> at the
1: moment well all of our younger audience listeners will find that very funny <laughs> I'm sure
0: <laughs> oh now'm oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start saying that to like everyone now <laughs> thanks a lot for that for that Jim yeah dude uh, no way home great movie We'll get to that uh, at some point in phase four whenever we start ranking the, those films but yeah dude phase uh phase one. What a what 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 a gem of movies, right? What a what a great way to kick off this incredible project of uh, a, a series of films that interweave between one another, a, a cinematic universe, so to speak. You know, yes. I guess they already named it. Yeah, <laughs> I was it, trying to think of an elegant way to put it, but they already did it. Exactly, and like I said, it's just
1: especially for me, like going back, thinking about like Phase One, realizing just how much of my life has been the MCU.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. we we are, you know, 10, uh, 15 years now, going on 15 years now of, of, right. of the MCU. And yeah, it's, that, it's been a wild ride. Yeah,
1: that's great. Because I just I looked it up and I made sure like, yeah, I was 10 years old when Iron Man came out. Right,
0: man. <laughs> and, and Iron Man, like, you know, we'll, we'll get into the weeds of like these individual films. But like Iron Man, like came out like right before The Dark Knight as well. And like right. those two films, kind of launched, you know, their perspective uh, companies, cinematically in like two different, very different ways, right? I mean, one took it a very different way, when, and it's been very successful for the last fifteen years. And the other, you know, made you know some choices, and four years later, and yeah, and... <laughs> and ended that cinematic universe.
1: Yeah. Uh, huh.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, we're not here to, we're not here to tear down another company, man. We're here to, we're here to bolster the MCU. Talk about how much we love these films. And, you know, even though we're going to be ranking them, we're going to do a live ranking too. You know, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on each of the six films and in, in phase one. But, you know, that being said, e- even though we're ranking them, we love all the MCU, right?
1: Yeah. Even the, I, I would say this, even the lesser MCU movies are still good movies
0: better than most of the trash that everyone else is trying to put out.
1: (laughs) Right? Like It's like, yeah, even, well, we'll get to it, whatever, the one I think is the worst MCU movie,
0: probably, Mm -hmm. just in general. Dr. Mr. Michael Morbius.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the worst MCU movie is still probably better than whatever the crap that is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, you know, I'm not trying to tear down another film or anything, but like I I saw recently that it, it, it is currently the lowest rated Marvel anything cinematically uh that's ever been released and that's oof nice oh, but, boy. I st-
1: but i still think it beat out the f- new fantastic Beasts movie so
0: oh ezra miller what are you doing man <laughs> oh boy well you know what we're we'll get to the mcu in just a bit you know folks we just came back on a uh, a, a little bit of a hiatus so your boy can get married yeah and, uh, and, and i did that i got the married and it was it was wonderful and it was magical and i know this is an audio podcast so i can't share like any photos or anything, but the uh, rest assured it was great. I was an elven Lord. My wife was a fairy queen. We had a fantasy wedding and it was amazing. So, you know, Daniel, I'll, I'll share, I'll share with you some pictures as soon as our photographer and videographer uh, get back to us. But I, I, I think last time we heard, uh, they are almost done with their work. Uh, they were basically were working all day to make sure everything looked like a Lord of the Rings behind the scenes, Set so nice <laughs> so uh, i'm excited to share those with everybody who was involved and everybody who was interested so thank you guys for allowing us a bit of a time off uh what did what did you do over the time off daniel
1: uh i mean i went to work
0: mm-hmm. did and, you marry uh, a fairy bride or anything
1: i i or? did not surprisingly okay. enough
0: that'll be like later in the year right, You're, I mean, right. Your, your boy's getting married too like in just a few months
1: <laughs> yep so. Wow.
0: how's that going Is everything going smoothly as far as the wedding planning goes
1: yeah everything is on schedule i i told my i told my fiance i was like i i feel like we're behind even though i know we're not
0: oh yeah you're gonna feel that way like literally the day of as well and you know not everything went smoothly for our wedding as well like the ceremony was 90 minutes late but uh, <laughs> but uh uh but you know as soon as she came out of the bridal suite oh my gosh she was, looked like a goddess and a queen and looked exactly like i i envision her in my heart and it's just it, it was kind of beautiful in a way that like all of our guests and friends and family got to see her in the same way that i you know see her every day so so it was fun uh and it was a great wedding and uh won't gush too much about it because we could be here all day we're here for another reason for, for right now so now we're back we're, we're, we're back to dork it up a little bit but uh i in, in between projects and preparing for the wedding and you know Making crafts and stuff with my wife for the wedding. Like I got to squeeze in some, well, not some, a lot of video game time. <laughs> but uh, Daniel, you got to play a few games too, and I want I'm, I'm I'm very eager to hear about uh, one because you 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 left me on red uh, over in Discord when we were talking about one of them. So I want to I want to deep uh, dive into it.
1: Okay, so I have finally finished. Phoenix and World of Rising, I've rolled credits.
0: <laughs> Alright.
1: That was been literally the first quarter of my year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. And you you were playing this on PS5, right? So just another yes. PS5 game uh, PS5 game under your belt?
1: Yep, as I, I believe it was actually the first PS5 specific game, I full oh, game that I beat. Right. I didn't really have the PS5 version of it. Oh, right on. As a and uh I will say this game kind of is uh, Ubisoft games for me in a nutshell. That it's mm. a good game, but there are aspects that are endlessly frustrating.
0: It always looked to me, just from trailers gameplay footage and eventually reviews when it came out i think november of 2020 right um that it it looked bloated can you confirm or deny whether or not it's pretty bloated in that ubisoft special way
1: i would actually say i'll give them credit they 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 dialed it back a bit on this one
0: okay good like
1: i have done pretty much all the side content you can do aside from you know they're like uh you know they have like challenges where you like you know do challenge trials with against like other players that have ubisoft accounts i, I don't care about doing that stuff
0: <laughs> they couldn't help themselves right they, they you, couldn't help you themselves. have I'd to you, you, you have, have to download you play for this yeah. freaking game
1: <laughs> or whatever it's called something different now i don't even remember what it's really? called it's not you play anymore
0: oh wow they couldn't help themselves it's again <laughs> i think it's ubisoft
1: connect now is what it's called oh, all right but yeah it's like yeah you have that stuff i did that but they dialed it back. They let the game breathe a little more. So that's I interesting. Give, I especially give for a game that's there.
0: trying to copy such a big game like Breath of the Wild, right? You're, yeah. The idea of scaling that back seems foreign to me.
1: Right. Like I said, it, and well, it's, I guess we'll just get into like where I meant left you. Okay. Which was that? This was what probably like midway through midway to end of March
0: right yeah something yeah. like that
1: and i i believe i i don't want to have the message in front of me right now but i believe i just messaged you out of the blue saying i think the final boss fight in phoenix World rising i'm this close to dnfing
0: you <laughs> and you knew for sure that was the final
1: boss uh, yes i did know because they make a big deal they do like a whole thing of before you go to the to his vault it's like you cannot go back you cannot leave once you start this is it. It's like so all can't. of
0: a sudden the game just had this like massive difficulty spike or what's up with this boss? It is basically what I found out.
1: I found this out the hard way is you really need to do all that side content to make sure you're a high enough level oh, and have all the equipment. No. And so after spending t- an entire weekend trying and just coming like with it, it again, my fiance friends that like, this is the most I've yelled at a, at a game in a <laughs> long time. Like, you physically- Sekiro. i have not played that so that is fair but it's like and eventually i just determined that i couldn't so i had to they give you a save like the game auto saves right before you go to the vault so i had to load up the save which undid entire weekends of progress i lowered i lowered the difficulty did all the side content just rushed through it got all the abilities and weapons came in i beat him first try
0: oh so like from from easy to normal it just the, it's the, the that, difficulty yeah. jump is that big yeah.
1: and admittedly i could have gone back on normal after i did all the side content but it was just like i don't want to risk it i want to mm. finish i just i want to be done
0: at that point like you've put in your hours man right like, it's, it's time to move on right right and it's like and this is the frustrating is the story is really good
1: okay. the side
0: the side content
1: mostly is fun it, is rep- it has repetitive natures. And I will say that I hate a lot of the puzzle. Like Everything is a puzzle. Everything mm-hmm. is a puzzle. And my issue is every dungeon is effectively the same thing of it shows you, it gives you a puzzle where it shows you how to do a thing. And then it's like, we'll do that three more times. And you'll like, you set your watch by it. It's like, well, you did it. Now do it slightly harder three more times then you beat it.
0: We just want to make sure you were paying attention. We just want right. to make sure that you understand the complexity of our ingenious puzzle
1: yeah, and it's like their puzzles are a thing where they're not the things where they're not difficult and you'll feel like an idiot as soon as you figure out what you're supposed to do. And I argue the reason I could figure out is I was overthinking it because I realized like, oh, it's it's that oh, it's that simple. okay. <laughs> it's like I was always thinking I was trying to make it more complicated than it really was, right. Like I said, and that was what was most frustrating me it was like I, I kind of described it as it's artificially lengthening the game mm-hmm. when you do that stuff like, like that. Though. yeah. and it's like so that's my thing it's like the story though is really good i like the characters phoenix is a great character all the gods are characters like zeus i think ends up being a very interesting character as you go through the game so it's like so i would honestly sit here and go like i you know if i were to give it a ranking i don't really do this but it's the only way i could force in my head a 6.5 to 7 out of 10
0: Okay, so I mean like a mid-range yeah, game, like, right? Yeah,
1: it's real. Like I said, there are really fun aspects of it. I, I think if I went back through it and new game plus it, where I already had all the abilities and stuff, probably really fun.
0: Does it offer that?
1: Yeah, it does have a new game plus. Okay, cool. So, that was it. So, it was very fun. It was just very frustrating, and I knew I needed to play something mindless, and that was familiar and comforting.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- I, I constantly see this game on sale, and, you know, as a big... Breath of the Wild fan myself like I just kind of want I keep searching for something that scratches that itch right and this definitely looks the part it definitely has oh, yeah. that aesthetic definitely it's you the know, mechanics
1: it's, it's, are almost identical in a lot of places
0: yeah it's definitely not shy about uh right. letting you know what it's copying its mechanics yeah. from but so and, I, and I, even, I thought,
1: I'm sorry even some of the story beats I'd argue like you know I have got more like in uh, Breath of the Wild they talked about you know the four divine beasts mm mm-hmm. And here it's, you have to free the four gods. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's a little blatant.
0: Mm -hmm. Like 100 years ago, Princess Zolder uh, is holding back the calamity of Gernern.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. This is what I really had to laugh at. And I think like Ubisoft, I can't give them. I I have to call them out here. The main villain of the game is a character named Typhon. His color scheme is exactly the same as Ganon. Of as it Ganon. Is. Of it's course. like it's like oh, it's all black and he's a giant monster that's black and red. That's <laughs> I I,
0: I want to believe that like somebody from Ubisoft like you know went into like Nintendo headquarters like this great heist like w- there, there there's footage of this somewhere I'm convinced of it they they went inside like a, a Nintendo of Japan's Headquarters and like, kind of like snuck in and like downloaded the code and like, and like you know, scuttled on back to Ubisoft. It's like, I got it, boss. I got it. I got the code. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're gonna be rich. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that was, like I said. So morals definitely the thing I focused the most on because I originally I was going to plan on go jumping back into the Last of Us after this, but I was like, I need something less intensive.
0: <laughs> that is. A game that's going to swallow your soul.
1: Yeah, so like, <clears throat> I was like, I am not in the mood for this. I need something, not to say light, but something, something familiar. Uh, weirdly yeah, enough, something I,
0: jovial, right? <laughs>
1: well, relatively speaking. <laughs> but I, I, weirdly enough, kept on the Ubisoft train, which brings me to the next game I played. Uh, I have been hammering away at Far Cry 6.
0: I actually saw that you were playing this. Uh, we, are, we, we are PSN buds, so I actually saw that you were online playing this not too long ago. Yes. Cool. So I am probably
1: about halfway through the main story, halfway to two thirds.
0: Okay, cool. You know, I again, this is another one of those games that, you know, you, you, even though I've never gotten to the Far Cry series, I'm interested because, you know, of your praises of Far, Far Cry 3, Far Cry 4, uh, you know. So how does this one compare to uh, some of your favorite games of all time?
1: Uh, my attitude is it is definitely a Far Cry game. Like it does not do a lot but it makes some nice improvements it's still ubisoft this 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 is a overly bloated ubisoft game like i mm. took me a little like okay what side content is worth checking out what isn't and once i figure that out i started blowing through the game a lot faster when i was like okay i don't need to do all of this stuff these missions are important these are i can totally
0: skip these so you don't you don't feel like it punishes you in the same way that Phoenix, the Morals Rising? Absolutely a, not. Okay, it, it does
1: not. It does not. It is a Far Cry game, so it does not punish you. It's like it knows this game is overly bloated. You're not going to get to everything before you beat the main story.
0: It, so it's not one of those series that like intends for you to get through everything. Like it, It's there if you want it.
1: Yeah, that's how I always take Far Cry is it's there if you want it. It makes the game easier, but it is not a requirement to get through oh, the that's game. Good.
0: Yeah, because this is definitely something that me and Erica were looking to uh, get into, like our first Far Cry game, essentially. Like, Why not yeah. go jump in at the newest one and then go yeah. backwards if we enjoyed it? How exactly. are you enjoying the story so far?
1: Uh, the story is pretty good. There are a few things here and there that makes me kind of tilt my head. But you know, as usual, good villain. Uh, fortunately, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, he is not in it very much. Like, he is generally relegated to cut scenes because he is not actually interacting with your character nearly as much as villains in other games did.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's because he's a known actor, and right? It, there might be some sort of clause in the in the contract, like, oh, the player characters cannot go up and like murder them, you know, for no reason, right?
1: It's like, yeah, yeah so that's the thing. But uh, the world is very good. The story is interesting. I again, I really appreciate just letting you play as a female character, which of course I did. I'm like, it's the first mainline Far Cry game that we play as a female. I'm going to do that. Right on. That's a I I like how the side characters are. As usual, they're very colorful and entertaining.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of um, praise about this chicken and a a gator, right? I I do not have the chicken. I have the alligator. Uh, Okay. The the alligator
1: is... I do not think it's that useful if you're like me and like to play stealthy, but I guess if you go in guns placing, this is a totally fine option.
0: <laughs> I mean, what what better stealth is there than to send an alligator to do your bidding? They'll never suspect you. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, I guess that's fair. But yeah, like that's fun. And I got to say, the game is absolutely beautiful. Nice. Like you just playing this on PS5, of course. Right? Yes. yeah, play PS5, PS5 version. Like just great moments where you like walk up and you'll be like over a vista just looking down over the map and you're like this looks like a painting this is beautiful
0: nice man yeah you can have I mean so many people have like their takes and criticisms on you know Ubisoft games but one thing that is consistent throughout is that Ubisoft games look gorgeous.
1: gold exactly and, and I do like they did a few like just uh, things that they didn't have to do that make the game easier like I, you don't have to loot you don't have to walk over a body and press a button to loot anymore. You just run over the bodies and you collect your loot, which is so that is just nice. Oh my nice. god.
0: I'm a veteran of a Borderlands 2 and 3 and pre-sequel. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you <laughs> how much I've been begging games to stop letting me look down and pick and at it, all it, the loot it, all the time. You know, oh my like god. Me,
1: I have to look, you have to hit down, look down and hit square <laughs> to yep. look through all this. stuff. It's like, no, I just run over them, I get everything. And another... Factor into that, there's no carrying capacity. Thank you. Oh my god. Thank you so much. I'm just like I was like th- just thank you, just th- thank you so but much. But it's dark, more
0: right? realistic. I, if your I character is I, encumbered I, I, by
1: weight. I so ate that. I'm like, you know, what's also real, not realistic, the fact that I'm able to do any of that. I'm able to get <laughs> shot by a machine gun twenty times before dying.
0: Yeah, nobody goes into Far Cry games expecting realism.
1: I know, and like I said, I guess that factors in, that does lead to one thing that I'll said that I do not get attacked by wild animals nearly oh. as much now.
0: Well, you got your gator pal, man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but like I said, it just seems like there are less wild animals, and I get why, because hunting isn't really needed as much now, because it used to be you had to hunt because you had to use animal pelts to you know, make your, your uh, carrying capacity bigger, your oh, ammo okay. pouches bigger, and this is not a thing anymore, so... It, they were kept it in the bike well, it's far cry so you might want to hunt and fish but it's more like that's just fun stuff you can do in downtime it's not required for anything
0: well that sounds like it streams line it streamlines the uh story at least so you don't have to like yeah. stop so much and stop for like four hours just so you can upgrade your your health <laughs> right. and stuff right <laughs> yeah which was a lot of time
1: i spent in far cry three and four <laughs> I was like i'll spend a couple before i go to the next minute, i'll spend a couple hours like roaming through the map trying to find a leopard
0: <laughs> right yeah well, that's interesting, man. I'm glad that you finally got to uh, check out check this game out. I know you were really anticipating it.
1: I was, and so far it has met my expectations.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, what what what, what better feeling is than is there than that? Well, I guess exceeding expectations is yes. better, but <laughs> <laughs> meeting your expectations ain't bad either. Exactly. All righty. Well, I've got a I've got a few games that I have been playing over here, and I'll try my best not to talk too much about them, but uh I've rolled credits. On a lot of stuff, but uh, first of which, Horizon Forbidden West. Oh. I only got over that game, and I know you're going to be checking that out at some point too. Right. So uh, it is. A, it
1: is down the line. I will pick it yeah. up.
0: I, I won't share, uh, because you know, I feel like the story is worth, um, is is is, is worth the price of admission. Um, just in general, just getting that continuation of everything that happened in Zero Dawn, and uh, the story takes place like shortly after Zero Dawn too. I think it's just a few months. I think they mentioned, I think Aloy mentions it right at the beginning too during the, during the tutorial section. Uh, but you, Daniel, you are not prepared for where the story is going. And I hope I'm not spoiling anything by saying that. But whatever you think the story is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'm wrong.
1: Now, what I did want to mention is that while I was the one complaining about the final boss in Phoenix Rising, you said you were having similar annoyances in the last leg of Zero do- of uh, a Forbidden West.
0: Yeah, so not so much like with difficulty spikes or anything. I feel like the game is very, very, very balanced. Uh, and you can make things a lot easier as well if you just want to forage and level up your weapons and and so forth and so on and so forth but uh my my frustration with forbidden West while I think it's a great game I would definitely give it like a a minus B plus if I'm in a bad mood but like I feel like this even just like the main story is a little too in love with itself and that's where my frustration is mm. where I feel like towards the end of the second act and almost all of the third act, I feel like the game is just like it's taking itself a little too seriously. And I can't go into um too much detail without you having played it. And then we'll, we'll definitely have to deep dive at some point. Um, but there is definitely like, you know, moments where I just kind of rolled my eyes, even though, I'm, even though I'm like all in and I'm, and, and I'm super invested in what's going on and, and, and Aloy herself, and she, she has a little bit more of a character arc this time around. Not that she wasn't fleshed out in the first game, just more that she has character flaws this time. She's not the most perfect being that's ever <laughs> existed, which makes well, that's me, always, you know, good. Yeah, which makes me kind of like not uh, care so much about protagonist sometimes but like she has character flaws and she learns from those character flaws this time like she actually goes through an arc the the side characters uh, uh the, the secondary characters and even side quest givers have personality and you care about them and you know which is a lot which is like my main criticism of of, of Zero Dawn like I didn't really care too much about the side characters other than mm-hmm. anybody that Aside was from
1: like one or two of them yeah
0: anybody who was affecting the main story but like I cared a lot about so many people and once in a while, even though I was done like their quest line, for example, I would just go back to the town that they were hanging out in just to see them again because like I cared about them that much. like uh, there's an er- this is an early game thing and it doesn't affect the overall story but there's these uh, there's these two sisters who run a weapon shop and like one of them's obsessed with explosives and one of them is obsessed with like just making sure that like everything's run professionally and they have a good reputation with the <laughs> with the with, with the local with the locals and stuff. And, like, you know, so you can imagine, like, that personality clash uh, is just, you know, rife with comedy. So, like, I just went in to check in with them. And even though I could get materials um, from other places at some times, sometimes I would just fast travel just to them, just so I can hear them talk once once in a while. And because of the power of the PS5, I'm able to do that because the loading times are non-existent. So,
1: yes, I, I adore that about ps5 games
0: yeah absolutely so you know it uh, mechanically it, it improves upon almost everything that uh, zero dawn does um the side quests are better like like i mentioned you care about the the quest givers so much more um the story is just bonkers the combat is just as good and varied as it always was but it just it, it just feels a little bit tighter which is all i wanted like there was, there was really no improving that combat other than like new weapons, which is what you get, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. can't wait for you to dive into Forbidden West because uh, there's, I, I feel like I've kind of exhausted all I'm able to talk about because uh, like I said, the, the story itself is worth the price of admission. And like I, like I mentioned, Daniel, you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think is going to happen, forget it, man. <laughs> Just go into this com- c- completely devoid of all of that. But, all right. Uh, one thing I bought on a sale over in the Switch store—they were having like an indie, sh- an indie game sale—was uh, a game that Daniel con- constantly brings up all the time. Gone Home, and you know Woo! it's a game that just takes about ninety minutes, two hours. It took me about two yeah. hours to finish. it. That, that's about
1: yeah. how long it took my fiance to do it.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, I played it over a weekend, just kind of resting after doing some wedding stuff, and I went through that, and I felt like I had like this. Amazing experience that, like, I, I I saw like a an eight an eight episode series or whatever, and right, yeah, and it's just the power of its storytelling and the way that you are actively involved in unpiecing this mystery, right? And you, you yeah, know, I don't need to explain the game to you, Daniel, but like, <laughs> you know the way I I love, I definitely love the way that it plays with your expectations as a player. You know, you go into it thinking it's there's some sort of like horror game and like people say that this house is haunted or whatever. Right. You know, and, and, and things like that, but like slowly you unravel like the, the family drama going on and what's going on with your sister. And like, and, 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 you know, you, you mentioned in our, you know, romances episode that like the, the, the love between, uh, forgive me what, what what's what's her name uh
1: it's lonnie and sam
0: yeah lonnie and sam thank you it, it's been a few weeks but yeah the but the, the, the love between them even though you never see them oh my gosh you feel like you know so much about them because yeah. you know, you've heard all those you're doing is, injuries
1: yeah all you're gonna do is reading and hearing sam's voice
0: yeah exactly but but, it, but it's so effective and 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 this environmental storytelling is something i'm going to talk about in a bit with uh I mean, Elden Ring, but uh, like I love the way it's implemented here because you are actively in control of what you discover and how the pieces of the story are unraveled to you. It's just just brilliant. It's just a great little piece that'll, you know, if anybody who picks it up, you know, it's on PS4, it's on Xbox One, it's on Switch, uh, it's on PC. I think it's on like uh, mobile devices as well too. Like, again, it'll take you a weekend and probably no more than like two hours. I think my runtime according to my switch was like 210 215 whatever it was yeah so but yeah that's because i was taking my time i was i was closing cabinets as i was opening them did you get like the little comment about like oh you're just as bad as your sister is leaving lights on (laughs) all right
1: i I love that
0: (laughs) and i was like super self-conscious about it (laughs) so (laughs) i was turning lights off when i leave rooms and stuff
1: <laughs> no, I, uh, the, the exact opposite. My fiance was like, I want every light on. I don't want anything. Because even though quickly she realized nothing scary is happening, she's like, Yeah. She's still like, check behind her and like, I think oh, anytime the light thunder a lightning happens you'd be like what was that
0: <laughs> yeah and again the game definitely is playing with those expectations because you know you're going in it's a rainy night there's thunderstorms it's a kind of a oldish kind of house they make you know old houses make noise and y- your family's gone what happened to your family where are they and you know so it's definitely setting you up to think that this is like a horror experience but it definitely isn't it's a hugely emotional family drama and my gosh, like I cannot recommend it enough. Definitely one of my favorite experiences of re- of, of of late. And I got it for 4.99. Look at that. Well, oh, nice. So, yeah, definitely go uh definitely Gone Home is a is a recommendation that both Daniel and I can uh can shout out to you folks. So, go pick that up if you ever get a chance. Uh, I started playing uh, because I'm done with that game, uh Dragon Quest 11: Echoes of Elusive Age.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was very interested based off what you told me about on Discord about this.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a it's it's a silly little. I mean, when when you compare it to like other um, RPGs and stuff, it's a silly little RPG uh, series. Uh, the last one I played was Dragon Quest Eight on the PlayStation Two, and honestly, the only reason I bought that game was because it came with a demo disc for Final Fantasy Twelve, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna buy Final Fantasy Twelve. I might as well get this game, and you know, I never rolled credits on Dragon Quest Eight. There was like a huge difficulty spike, and I think. Uh, I think Square Enix at this point, like knew that the game was too hard. So I think the subsequent games have been a lot easier. Uh, this game is, is, is a baby game. <laughs> it's so easy. Uh, I've only, I'm only like a few hours in right now. I haven't played too much about it, but uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably depending on how much I, I like it. I, I, I'll, I will, or won't talk about it too much on the show, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I've, it's, it's, Kind of like your standard turn-based RPG. The character designs are cute. They're drawn by Akira Toriyama of Dragon Ball Z fame. Uh, oh, and cool! Yeah, so it's it's he's done all of the character designs, I think, for all of the Dragon Quest games. So don't, but don't quote me on that. But the, as far as any time I've seen like the cover art for any of them, like it, it looks like you know they could be friends with Goku. Was well, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. So not too much to say about it. But the, I've just been kind of jumping into this game here and there. It's it's a cute game and. You know, if you just kind of need a, a a soft RPG, I guess is is is, is you know is, is what I would probably call it. Uh, yeah, go jump into this, and uh, I, I I will probably talk about it a little bit more. Maybe not every single episode, though, but uh, we'll see.
1: Right, you're <laughs> but, like me with and uh, Breath of the Wild. I'll bring it up if something interesting happens. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> just assume I've been playing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but now that the uh, the wedding has been done for a couple of weeks now. My wife and I have had a lot more time to dive into. It takes two some more, and nice. I think we're almost done. So, uh, so again, won't won't talk too much about it. But I will say that I, both she and I, are very, very, very impressed at the amount of variety that this game has to offer. Like we've played stages that look like a top down dungeon crawler like diablo-esque rpg we've played third person shooters we played side scrollers we played puzzle games we played like so much different varieties of different game genres it's just in this one game and um you know like if i were to lobby any criticism of it so far is that like i do feel like it's a little too long but because of the amount of variety i think that's okay like my wife has not played like these types of genres before and the way that it's introducing them to her i think is is for me as is, is at least worth the time and investment just to put in because it might be introducing her to a whole new genre that you know she might fall in love with in the future so you know we might have this game to thank for that so uh yeah i think we're almost done with it um but uh cannot recommend it enough uh i think this is definitely going to be a game that you and taylor are going to have a lot of fun with that's oh point.
1: yeah like we said as soon as i see it like go on sale or something i'm mm-hmm. picking it up
0: yeah. You guys just recently, I mean, a few months ago, like played a way out together. So, right. you know, this is, this is the natural progression for that. And, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about couch co-op on this show and this is the perfect game for that. And, and and on that note too, the way it implements the couch co-op is brilliant because it it's, you know, it's not just we're playing together. We need to sit down and talk and, make sure that we're working together as a team to get through this. This is this game would be impossible uh, were it not for that fact. You cannot get through this stuff without properly timing things with your couch co-op partner. And it's that I think that for that reason alone, I think is the reason why a lot of people like voted it to be game of the year at the game awards last year and well deserving because there is no game like this. You know?
1: That sounds I'm I'm super excited to get my hands on it
0: all right so a couple more here uh i'm like 60 plus hours into elden ring i'm like currently 100 level 100 and like 20 something um i don't think i'm anywhere close to being done (laughs) this is just my i'm tired i want to put something on this is an oppressive ass game and it's just it's been beating me up so much but i can't stop playing and that's all I got to say about that.
1: Yeah, like that, the fact that you said you're like 60 hours at level 100 something and you're done, which is exactly why it's like, I you know, i have a back catalog. I can wait on this game. I, it's not going anywhere.
0: No, it ain't going anywhere. Yeah. But to, it, it's definitely one of those games, too, where like now that because I'm in at the same time as like other people this is the first FromSoft game where i got in it around the same time that it came out like i'm able to kind of go on community forums and watch youtube videos and look at stuff that people have discovered and try to find it for myself and it's been it's been fun it's been a fun experience as far as that goes because i've never like i said i never had like a FromSoft experience like being in the zeitgeist uh so early but uh it's yeah it's been it's been great so like just like you with breath of the wild i'm just gonna keep playing this and I'll bring I'll bring it up again when I roll credits which will probably be October I don't know <laughs> let's see
1: maybe 2023 who knows yeah
0: right probably around the time you get into it <laughs> when right. I will roll credits and uh, one more game I wanted to uh shout out here uh, this is gonna kind of be like a full review actually I rolled credits on this uh about a week and a half ago and uh, I want to highly recommend this game called Dodgeball Academia and uh I this was a game that caught my eye because it was like on the it was on like an Xbox showcase. I think it was either E3 or some sort of like you know trailer showcase that they were like talking about up, upcoming new games. Uh, but it, it but it's available like almost everywhere. It's on PS4, Xbox One, uh, the series, uh, the Xbox Series consoles, uh, Nintendo Switch, and Windows. Uh, I have it on Switch because it came out physically uh, on Switch, and I'm a weirdo who likes to collect stuff. So I I love. The premise of this because it is a it is a uh, kind of like a mid-tier kind of turn based RPG set around dodgeball. Like so you know if you if you if you want to picture like a turn based RPG you got like your opponents on one side you got you and your party on the other side and then you you know you fling attacks and fling magic at one another. But so just imagine that but with dodgeball. <laughs> so the premise is super wacky uh this and the story is equally wacky like we're talking robot apocalypses we're talking the lunch lady who like also um shadows as like she does like underground forage foragery for like mafia types and stuff (laughs) we're and 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 this exists in a world where like dodgeball is the most important thing in the world like i'm talking like wars have been ended using dodgeball and (laughs) and you know i i I (laughs) go ahead
1: (laughs) continue continue
0: (laughs) and uh are you familiar with the this uh i think it's cartoon network this cartoon network show called the the amazing world of gumball
1: uh yeah vaguely i i i think that was like right when i stopped watching like cartoons like that but
0: oh cool yeah so even if you're just familiar with like the art style and stuff like that if you took the art style and by that i mean like how each character kind of looks like they come from a different cartoon. They kind of have like different character designs. They don't look like they kind of belong with one another. That's kind of the art style of dodgeball academia, actually. And they're like kind of 2d animation characters on like a 3d background, which makes for this really cool, almost diorama effect. Uh, And like the battle system is incredibly addicting and incredibly fun. Like it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever played with the Mario tennis uh games they, there's like there's a lot of like back and forth uh as far as that and there's some rpg elements with that have, have you ever touched those games at all
1: uh maybe that vaguely sounds familiar
0: okay yeah so like I, if you if you could think about that but just translate it into dodgeball maybe i'll give you like a better idea of uh like how this game plays but no you you have to manage your stats you have to manage like the, your attacks you have to manage like the equipment that you that you equip. Like like in you know, because this game is wacky. Like some of the equipment is like, Oh, I have like this dirty band aid that if I, if I equip this dirty bandaid, it gives me like 30% extra special meter at the beginning of <laughs> each battle. Right. <laughs> which, 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 which band-aids do. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I rolled credits on it a couple weeks ago. It's not a terribly long game. I'd say like, you know, if you're, if you're blasting through it, maybe eight and a half hours, you know, 10 hours more realistically for most people. But, uh, man, I cannot recommend this game enough. It is just one of the most unique and interesting and jovial and silly games I've played in a while. And, you know, not all of the jokes land, but there I, there are a lot of moments in Dodgeball Academia where I just literally laughed out loud. L-L-O-L, which I like to say. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the, yeah, if if, if if you find this on a sale, uh, if, if this looks interesting to you, um, do me a favor. Anybody out there listening, you too, Daniel, like at least just go watch a trailer of
1: it because it is it it, 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 it is something
0: yeah it is it is something so uh yeah dodgeball academia cannot i cannot uh cannot recommend it enough it's definitely going to be one of my favorite games that i played this year so yeah, that's all I got for you, my friend. Uh, so hopefully I didn't take too long. Oh, we're nah, forty two minutes into the episode. All right, great. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, 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 we're not an hour and a half in already. So
0: All right, great. But uh folks, let's just get down into it now. What we uh which you know, you read the title of this episode. Let's get down to it. The MCU. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for the multiverse of madness. You can oh, yeah. I cannot yes. even so you know Professor X is in it, right?
1: What?
0: how much of the trailers have you seen
1: i have only seen part of the trailer because i started watching the trailer and i saw how long it was i saw how much i'd already seen i'm like i'm, I'm, doing, I'm not watching it because I, I don't like trailers to give away like large parts of the movie so I was did like, you
0: see like that very first trailer the one that like came out like on super bowl at the super bowl
1: i think so
0: i'm not sure which you, one that... then you definitely heard uh, professor xavier's voice my friend he was in the he so you know that scene where he's like being led to this shadow council or whatever by Ultron bots. Oh yeah, okay, okay. And you hear this mysterious voice that goes, "Perhaps we should tell him the truth."
1: Oh, oh yeah, okay. And you yeah, yeah, see yeah, yeah, a yeah.
0: bald, you see you see a blurry bald man slowly kind of roll into frame. Ooh. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> got it, got it, totally forgot about that i don't know how i forgot about that but yeah.
0: oh it's e- it's easy to miss too like i had i i i, I had to read an article that like kind of sh- you know because you know so you, like that trailer is like so much like i was already i was still processing like what are the ultra bots what does that mean you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like i i'm silly trying to avoid things uh, especially because i didn't know how much of it like relate to no way home because i knew a doctor in that so i didn't mm-hmm. want anything that might like give me spoilers for that right so.
0: yeah so um and one more thing too and somebody from like an entertainment site or whatever interviewed uh, patrick stewart shortly after that trailer came out because he was doing something for picard or whatever and like they asked him like hey is that the is that your voice in that dr strange trailer and this is this is his legit answer like I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit but this is his legit answer it's like well i was at home watching the super bowl how could i have been the voice in a trailer <laughs> I love Patrick Stewart so much <laughs> I love how he thinks we're that dumb <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah so you you know uh, the MCU kicked off in 2008 right we were all super excited for the Dark Knight you know it, and that movie you know did what it did for Batman and for comic book movies and blah 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 but you know back in May of 2008, homie, we've got like a whole universe that we're trying to build. You know, there's this little character called Iron Man. You know, before 2008, nobody gave nobody gave a crap about Iron Man. He was just like this dude. I was like every now and then you see him in a Marvel comic. He'd be in an Avengers comic, yeah. whatever.
1: He'll What's pop it? up like in the like, hit pop of an episode of the 90s Spider-Man cartoon.
0: Yeah. And be like, who's this dope? Is this the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> right. But, you know, so you, nobody ever thought twice about, about Iron Man prior to 2008. But When that movie comes out, we got Robert Downey Jr., man. We've got John Favreau as Happy Hogan. He's directing the film too. We've got all these big name actors in these supporting roles. We got Jeff Bridges, who is in a cave with a boss. You know, we got Jeff Bridges out there screaming, my favorite MCU line ever, right? And and this movie, like is a great movie. And like, you know, when you compare it to like The Dark Knight, which came out shortly after, right? You know, it's a little overshadowed shadowed, but like slowly but surely, more of these Little Marvel Cinematic Universe films start cropping up here and there. Boom. Four years later, we got the Avengers. Homie, we've got a certified cinematic universe for you. And it's just been getting better and better and better since then, dude. But uh, we got to talk about where it all started, my friend. We're going to be ranking these first six films in the MCU. Now, what is your... uh, did you get into these like right away or did it take you a little a few years to kind of oh, jump in on these
1: i'm pretty sure it was right around this time because i remember watching iron man all the way like my friends, first time i watched was probably like when i was on tv one time so mm-hmm. probably so relatively around that time
0: and dude you were like at the perfect age for all this too dude like you were you were, you were 10 and you know i mean I don't know if your parents are like super strict. They probably, would, I don't know if they let you watch the dark Knight or anything. But it looked a little too violent or whatever, but like, yeah. this is like the perfect, like popcorn flick for like someone who was 10 years old would go and see. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So you just kind of like got into them like slowly, but surely, or you just kind of caught them here and there.
1: Yeah. Most of the time I caught them whenever they'd be like on, I don't know, like TNT or, you know, whatever TV channel they would end up on. Mm-hmm. Cause I, this is at phase one. I remember uh, Age of Ultron was the first one I saw in theaters.
0: So. Ooh, wow. The second Avenger. It took you to the second Avengers film to, to actually get you in the get your butt in the theater, huh?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> uh, I think other than Thor the Dark World. Let me look at this. Let me look at this world. Uh, actually, hold on. Let me look at this list. I've seen every single one of these in the movie theater. Yeah. Huh. Except for Thor the Dark World
1: nice i had like i said i admittedly i've never been one that goes to the movies that much and mm-hmm. so and you know these movies came out every year so half the time i was just like i'll wait for it to be on tv or dvd and i'll pick it up
0: yeah i mean at this point in my life like i i will wait for most movies to come to digital or come to home streaming or whatever but the mcu is still the one like other than a few other examples but the 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 mcu is still the one thing that keeps me coming back to the theater like i will i will support this spectacle i will support this long-running like tv series on the big screen essentially now but uh yeah i I don't go to the movies that much anymore other than the mcu that's
1: it yeah that's very fair but yes that's basically my start into the mcu
0: yeah awesome So, uh, and just recently too, like you, you, I know you talked about it on the show, like you and Taylor, like you guys kind of went through all of them and just kind of caught up to where we're at now in phase four.
1: Yeah. That's it. That was very fun because, you know, I've seen these movies off and on some, some of them like multiple times over the years. So it was really nice to get see it like from the beginning. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. What was her thoughts on it? Like, is is she like a super fan now or is, uh. (sighs)
1: uh i would say she's definitely like she's like we are both all in on watching everything marvel that comes to disney plus at this point nice That's the, you know it's very much like you know she likes some movies she doesn't like others Mm -hmm. which is very fair
0: but again take it as a whole folks like you know the the, some once in a while we'll get a thor the dark world but like you know it's still better than like a bunch of other crap that's out there like you could be you know it's again it's a small piece in the bigger puzzle can you enjoy Thor love and thunder without first enjoying Thor the dark world? Probably, Probably. (laughs) (laughs) but it helps. You'll get the references. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And at the end of the day, the references are all the things that matter in a movie. Uh, But, (laughs) (laughs) but back in the day, you know, uh, back in 2000, from 2008 to 2012, you know, these movies were a little bit more quaint. Like we had like just kind of passing mention of like, Hey, Iron Man showed up at the end of the Incredible Hulk. Did you know that? That's pretty cool. Like, yeah, oh, or oh, uh,
1: Nick, Nick Fury th- was in Iron Man two, and then he was in and he was in Thor t- as well.
0: Yeah, and like you know, if you look closely at the map that like Nick Fury is showing in Iron Man two, like he kind of mentions Wakanda. Do you think maybe one day we might get a Black Panther movie? Oh, who knows? Was, you know, it was a it was a, it was a more humble time back yeah. in the day yeah which the... just
1: shows like how great it is that this thing that they they took their time to build this
0: properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. DC cinematic
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> <was> just very <laughs> to say that
0: but well, again we're not here to tear down anybody down. that's like the fourth time I said that but I keep doing it
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sometimes is easy so Mike do you do we want to get do we want to get in to this like uh so start at number 6, right?
0: Yes. So we're going to rank we're going to rank in the 6 films in phase 1. Again, we already mentioned it, you know, take these as like a whole. It's incredible. Some of the best cinematic experiences of my life. But uh, you know, we like to rank things here in the dorkiest. So this is we're going to talk about the definitive dorkiest ranking. And and you know, one day when we get through maybe at least the Infinity Saga or something, we're going to rank all what is that? 23 films in the yeah. Infinity Saga? We're going to do it, baby. We're just going to yeah, we're gonna, we'll take just, the four hours and do it.
1: All <laughs> right. It's like I will make sure that I have much Starbucks money set aside from what we to
0: about that episode. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing that would help is ranking each phase individually first. So let's get that to that right now. And I propose for the number six, the bottom of phase one. Could I throw in uh, the Incredible Hulk there? What that's exactly you?
1: that's exactly where I had it. I, I thought that's we. I kind of assume we start this off on the same foot.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, if you, uh, I feel like ranking Phase One films are a little easier. Yes, in uh, the future phases, but uh, yeah, like phase two Hulk. is
1: going to be a lot harder. I think.
0: Yeah, and then Phase Three, which is you know double the films too, like that's yeah. going to be really hard. But uh, yeah, I think I think it, I think most people can come into an agreement. It might be a boring answer, but yeah, the Incredible Hulk is probably the weakest, one of the weakest films overall that Marvel yeah. put out.
1: Like, like, fun fact is, like when me and my fiance went through the MCU, like you know, Incredible Hulk is on Disney Plus, and I right. was like, we just, it's fine, it barely connects. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I was like, Iron Man shows up at the end, Dick Fury. I was like, it. I thought I was like, that's all you need to know. It does the rest of it has no bearing on the rest of the MCU, and I'm not gonna bother to track this movie down on streaming
0: yeah and until thunderbolt ross shows up in what is it civil war like
1: right which is
0: that film doesn't connect in any way other than a passing mention in the avengers film so like yeah you don't need it like edward norton i like edward norton as an. i like edward norton
1: too it's that his role his role in this movie is you know he's fine
0: yeah everything about the incredible hulk is fine it's not a bad movie at all
1: I, I would say my only take is it's one of the only Marvel movies where I outright say I think there is a bad performance.
0: Oh, okay, who is that?
1: I don't really like Liv Tyler's performance in this movie.
0: I like Liv Tyler in a lot of movies, but I think she was incredibly miscast as uh, Betty.
1: Just she seems very flat and emotionless through a lot of the movie.
0: A little aloof, right? Like, he, right. like this, is, this is one of the world's leading, like, scientists in like radi radiation or whatever the heck she studies and like she's like "Hey, Hi, Hi, bruce Hi, Bruce?" <laughs> and,
1: and, I, and i think like the part really goes like at one point where bruce is like either taken away or something happens and he runs off she goes bruce no and i'm just like <laughs> i'll they there like that is the best take we could get of that
0: i mean there's one scene where she's like yelling at the new york cabbie where like she shows some emotion but it's like
1: you know (laughs) like why specifically there
0: (laughs) (laughs) right i mean like like her role could have been expanded a little bit more uh but i think overall she's just a little miscast so yeah um, and
1: and sometimes i think some of the cgi like on abomination hasn't like aged the best
0: mm -hmm. yeah i mean like again this was 2008 so you know cgi has 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 gotten so much better i mean especially with you if you compare it to infinity war and endgame especially the hulk in the endgame like oh yeah it's all like there's a couple parts here and there like okay he looks like a cartoon but like for the most part like the fact that that movie did not win the oscar for best special effects they gave it to whatever the heck like that's a crime like exactly. thanos looks like a real cr- person like i know it's, it's weird to call an alien a person but like but, thanos yeah, yeah. The, how many main characters are all just cgi cartoons in that movie but we're not. Yeah, anyway, and, I'm and ranting you don't about in game,
1: <laughs> and you don't even notice it. Yeah, so I agree with you. So like I said, so it's, it's not bad CGI, but to some of it, yeah. the, the the age has started to show here. And there. Yeah,
0: the, the movie's predictable. Like you know exactly where what's going to happen. You know exactly who the villain is. There's no like, it's not shy about what it's trying to do, what it's trying yeah. to be. But you know, so it, it's 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 just kind of weak. Yeah, so. it's,
1: it's I guess you could say it's kind of a generic hero superhero story.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely feels like it could have been released, like even in 2003 outside of the right. MCU.
1: Right. It it looks like it wouldn't it wouldn't be out of the place out of place next to the original Fantastic Four movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'll, I'll watch it next time I do a giant like Infinity Saga rewatch. But Leo i'm gonna i'm gonna look at my phone i'm gonna lie <laughs> yeah so. uh number five since we're in agreement there daniel number five i propose let's go ahead and, uh, let's throw in thor at number five i
1: am going to disagree with this okay what, what on do on think my, it belongs? because on my list i have thor at
0: number three number three okay I got Captain America, the first Avenger at number three. So ah, what that. do you have at number five?
1: I have Iron Man two.
0: I like Iron Man two a little bit more than I like Thor. And <laughs> All right, let Dad. me see if I can sell you on it. So like is Iron Man, is Iron Man two kind of pointless? Yeah. It, yes. It, yes. It kind of is, but it sows the seeds of things in the future. Like, you could, you could probably, con- in the over, overall grand scheme of the MCU, you could probably take, like, 20, 25 minutes of, the, of Iron Man 2 and just plop it down as a short film. And, like, we would get it, all the information we would need for the Avengers, right? But, like, at the end of the day, that film still has charisma. That film still has, like, good action. That film still has that one of my favorite Iron Man suits, the literal suit case like right. that is cool I, I, I,
1: that is very cool
0: <laughs> yeah i i like i like mickey rourke's weird performance in that i think mickey rourke is an interesting villain where he's like kind of a you know he's like a misunderstood like you know uh anti-hero almost for like you know he, he's just trying to avenge his father's work and he feels like tony as the rich crony capitalist as he is like is the villain and you know as we move as we will move on in the mcu the you know iron man is the villain in a lot of things but uh, yeah. i i think it this movie kind of plays with that in interesting ways and there's a little bit more to it than i think some of the more boring and wasted parts of it you know kind of give you credit for you know
1: i i could definitely understand that my biggest issue with iron man 2 is again like i said a lot of it is pointless and I, I just flat out can just, I cannot stand either of the villains. Just they are just. I, I think they are two of my least favorite villains. in you don't like Justin movie. Hammer, bro. Yeah, I cannot stand Justin <laughs> Hammer. That ma- I think it,
0: that's the point, though. I think it's the. Point. I
1: mean, I guess that's the point. But it's just like it doesn't make the it, watching him enjoyable. It's like I hate seeing him on screen and not in the same way that I. I don't hate him the same way I hate Thanos or, <laughs> right. or the same way I hate Ultron. It's just like, I'm like, no, he's just annoying. And I don't like him <laughs> to talk.
0: Can we move on now? <laughs>
1: exactly. That's why a lot of Iron Man 2 feels like, can we move along now? Okay.
0: Yeah. I was, I was, I was suspecting that you would either put Iron Man 2 at five or six. So I wanted to at least make my case for it. And you know, right. we get and we're, introduced or reintroduced to Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Yeah. You know, we, we, we got introduced
1: our... to black widow as well.
0: Yeah, we're introduced to the roadie that we will, you know, seek from from here on out. And like, oh, my gosh, what an, what an incredible casting.
1: Yes, uh, my opinion is a big upgrade.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love the kind of cheeky um, little comment to it, you know, at the beginning of the of the trial where he walks in and, uh, you know, the, everyone's making a big deal like, oh, my gosh, this is roadie. And it's almost like kind of fourth wall breaking. And then he right. turns to Tony and almost talking to the audience he's like, hey, Tony, it's me. I'm here. Let's move on, you know? <laughs> Almost as if, as if acknowledging the, the recast. <laughs> right. Cute. D-
1: yes, I do agree. Like I said, some of that and the uh and I do agree the, the courtroom scene it a in Iron Man 2. I love that.
0: Yeah, would you have wanted more of that stuff?
1: Yes. I think if the movie was more about what it seemed to be at the start, I, I would enjoy this movie much more. It's just to me it's just like it's just a hammer, it's just annoying, and uh, forgive me for blanking on the other villain's name
0: well he's he's supposed to be a amalgamation of the crimson dynamo and whiplash but people just call him whiplash
1: okay whiplash right and like it's just to me it's like saying like okay he is yet again someone that either tony or his father has spurned that is Mm -hmm. going evil and steals iron man technology to make their own evil version of iron man
0: yeah so in in a lot of ways it is you know, predictable. Right. But, you know, right. it, but again, like the, the movie has a lot of charisma around it. And I, I think it should be applauded for that. Like we're getting, we're getting Robert Downey Jr. You know, being Tony Stark, which is great. it it It's great in every MCU film that he's in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it deserves the same amount of hate that people give it.
1: Okay. I can, I, I think I'd be willing to put it at four
0: you'd be willing to put it at 4 Well, We'll sell me on a, on a, why you think, um, uh, Thor doesn't belong in number
1: five. All right. My thing is, it just come, basically comes down to, uh, I find the act uh, again, like, of course, like Chris Hemsworth and, uh, Tom Hillston just are endlessly entertaining to me. And My like, favorite
0: I, actor in the Thor movie are, uh, Chris Hemsworth's bleached eyebrows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: the first and, and only appearance of chris hemsworth's bleached eyebrows
1: <laughs> I, I totally forgot about that this is my thing if you would have asked me a few years ago i would have said like oh thor yeah, the first two movies are probably like some of the worst mcu movies but going back i watched it a few years ago and then rewatching it again with my fiance i'm like no I, there's a lot more there's a lot more heart to this movie than i think i remembered."
0: yeah erica but. is definitely of the, of your opinion too like she finds the the first Thor movie a lot more enjoyable than admittedly I do. Like I do love the, I I love the art direction. I love the, the set design. I love the casting like Anthony Hopkins as Odin is just brilliant casting. I feel like, and you know, and we, and you know, Marvel definitely captured a gem in uh, Tom Hiddleston and, and, and and Thor himself, right? Like, you know, an unknown actor, essentially Chris Hemsworth was before he was cast as Thor. Like prior to this, um, his only other movie role was a flashback in the 2009 Star Trek movie as Captain Kirk's dad. Huh? Before I he was here. I did realize that. Yeah. Nobody does. Everyone attributes Thor as like his first like movie role, which it kind of is like, it's his breakout role, but like, man, like what a perfect casting that this movie, uh, uh was, but, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's definitely before the time when movies realized or movie studios and directors and writers realized how funny Chris, uh, chris hemsworth yeah chris hemsworth yes. is and uh like so you know he's not being utilized to his strengths i agree be, um, what's that
1: I, I do agree with that all right
0: yeah so so but you know it's, that's not really the movie's fault but i think just like the incredible hulk i find thor to be predictable
1: i can understand that because it is a fish out of water story as bare bones
0: yeah and you know a and I, and I have to say this, this might be heresy to say, especially, I, I don't know how her performance is going to be for Love and Thunder, but I think uh, Jane Foster is uh, grossly miscast.
1: I, I don't know if I go gonna say grossly miscast, but I do think that she, that is not Natalie Portman at her best.
0: Absolutely not. No. And yeah. you, I, I, I think I remember reading like a behind the scenes thing where she only signed on to Thor the Dark World because originally patty jenkins was supposed to direct that movie and she wanted to work with patty jenkins but then after patty jenkins was like had creative differences with marvel and she left the film like natalie portman already signed her contract and she was essentially stuck
1: (laughs) i I can very much see that yeah yeah
0: so yeah you know uh you're you're definitely right and it's definitely not natalie portman's best work um i don't think any of her roles in as jane foster is her best work but you know yeah she's, she's a different class of actor i guess
1: Right, but for as for things I really like the movie again. I like the, the acting is good. Like you mentioned, the art direction is good. And uh, when when they allow the characters to be funny and uh, the comedic moments, the comedic moments are my favorite part. Yeah, like when they or like,
0: interacting with the the his his buds is yes, some of the best that, part of that film. That's
1: yeah. fun, and I and they get some good jokes. Like when he is on Earth, like going to a pet store to look for a horse. I I don't that is it's <laughs> yeah, dumb, but fun. I love that. And yeah. And I, and like i said that's great and I, I i'll say this i love kat dennings like in all of the thor Ooh, things oh. <laughs> God! I know you don't, I'm going to fight God! you on this. I love Kat Dennings. I like and, Kat
0: Dennings and in other things. I, I love, love her in these first I, two Thor movies. Oh my gosh. I, I
1: love her in everything in Like To me, she's one of them. She is She is the thing to me that makes most of Thor the Dark World tolerable.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. That's inter- That's an interesting take. I've never heard anybody think that take before, man. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> I'm here, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the hot take. Yeah, like, no, she is... She just hits that great, that snarky sense of humor that I just love, and it it just plays so well to me.
0: Okay, you know what? Because of that hot take, I'm gonna allow you to. I'm I'm, I'm gonna allow this list to not have Thor at number five. We're gonna we're gonna we're okay. gonna hold off on that for now. We're gonna we're gonna move Iron Man two to number five. How does that sound?
1: Okay, all right. because
0: okay. Iron Man two was my number four. So uh, what do you what would you like to nominate as your number four?
1: At number four, I am nominating captain america first adventure
0: all right <laughs> these lists dude this is phase one dude when we get into <laughs> f- later on I'm
1: so uh i'm gonna have, like, i know or i know one thing like when we get to uh phase two i'm gonna have one that i don't know what your opinion on this movie is so this might oh, this might it. end the podcast save it, save it. it- <laughs> i'm gonna save it but i'm saying it's, it might end the podcast
0: oh okay here we go anyway Cat dennings in one division i think she's all right in
1: that one yeah i again love her
0: <laughs> kind of saved that character for me like i i, I was prior to one division i was like i hope i never see this character ever again this is a mistake but then she showed up in one division i'm like okay this works
1: <laughs> all right so uh so for me the reason i put captain america first adventure four is not because it's a bad movie i really like captain america first adventure but to my to my main thing is it is, I would again say predictable, like I just, that's like a lot of these first phase one movies, they're predictable because, well, they have to set up the characters.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they, so they have to follow that formula, which is fine. Yes. But at the end of the day, like you, these movies still need to stand on their own at some at some extent. And they need to tell a whole story on their own as well.
1: Yes, like I said I will say for positives obviously Chris Evans is great I, I say he is the heart and soul of the MCU to me for the Infinity Saga
0: he is uh, my wife's one celebrity crush <laughs> <laughs> nice and I gotta tell her I, 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 I gotta say man I'll allow it
1: I'm like you know you're not wrong
0: <laughs> yeah like my my celebrity man crush is like Henry Cavill so like I want to see those two just like just kiss <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh yeah like i said like that's great i again i think the overall story is interesting i i'm I'm a big fan of world war ii stuff so this is scratching my itch i've always loved anything in marvel to do with hydra so Mm -hmm. that's always fun but it's like
0: marvel nazis
1: yes everyone loves marvel nazis (laughs) (laughs) but uh, for me it's like when i really sit back about this movie it's good because of what it sets up for the future Mm -hmm. more than it is a great movie in its own right.
0: And is this our first interaction with one of the infinity stones? I I mean, we don't know there's an infinity stone yet, but like, I think there's this, this is like our first interaction with something that will be an infinity stone, right?
1: Uh, is it or is doesn't loki's scepter have an infinity stone in? or oh, is it right. not yet oh but I, he doesn't
0: get that until the avengers
1: okay he doesn't get it till yeah. Avengers. okay i couldn't remember if he had it with them in thor or not so okay, okay yeah, so this I will think, be our first interaction with infinity stone i think you're yeah, correct
0: so a much a, a much larger implication that you know we would come to learn much later yeah
1: yeah like it sets that up It obviously sets up the avengers like all of the movies do and then it casually sets up for winter soldier
0: oh my gosh yeah and it's crazy too like because on my other more successful podcast the the skinny with mike and adam you know one of uh, we had some betting sex betting stakes a couple years ago and my co-host adam had to watch all the mcu films up to the end of the infinity saga and when the winter soldier when he was up to winter soldier and the big reveal that like oh my gosh the winter soldier is bucky this whole time adam was like who's Bucky? (laughs) I (laughs) have no idea who Bucky
1: is. (laughs) I mean, you can, I think you can miss it if you don't really remember that movie too
0: much. I suppose. Yeah. So maybe that's what your argument here is. You think this is like one of the least memorable of the origin films? I would say
1: so. And again, it's not bad. I I think I liked this movie much more when I was a kid. (laughs) Mm, As I, as I get older, I just don't see how to draw it. It's definitely my least favorite Captain America movie. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that's, and that's not saying it's bad because I, I adore the other Captain America
0: movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you know, those Captain America movies just get better and better and better. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that's not, that's not like low praise or anything. You know, I, I, I could see why you would put this at your number four. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at this, uh, list of six movies, you know, it's never my first choice. Uh, in 2011, when I saw it in theaters, it was definitely my favorite of the films that came out so far. So of the four films, right No, yeah. five, because yeah. this is right. This is right before the Avengers. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, this is my favorite of them all. Uh, but, you know, on, on subsequent viewings and, you know, with the knowledge of what's to come and the movie and all of the other films uh, in, in, in the chronology, you know, it, it's kind of like lowered a little bit. And, you know, I originally put this at my number three for phase one. Uh, That's my, that's my, at least where I'm sticking it so far, but I don't know, like number four over under Thor. I don't know about that. I think this is where where we're going to be contentious here.
1: I I think after we debated this and like I said, I will say that Thor and Captain America were the two, like I knew what my top two were. I knew what my bottom two were. These were the ones mm, that have the most wiggle room. Yeah. i think these are
0: pretty interchangeable. I I, I wouldn't be mad if this was like number three or number four. Right. fourth so, Thor, Thor?
1: Yeah, right. So I, I think I'm willing to give you that if we put Thor at number four and then Captain America at number three.
0: Okay, you're willing to put Thor at number four then?
1: Yes, I think I'm I i can. I'm willing to do that.
0: Okay, because I think we got a big fight coming along in a two and one here. So let's go ahead and do that. Number four is Thor. Stay tuned yes. for Thor 4 in, <laughs> what is it, June? July? Whatever it uh, is. Something like that. We're all going to see it. Don't lie. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Cool. So we got at number six, the incredible Hulk at number five, Iron Man two at number four, Thor and number three, Captain America, the first Avenger. We, what's good. You know, of course these last two films are going to take the top two spots, right? right. But like I, I, right. in what order, what, oh, what
1: order that is? Uh, I'm scared. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start. I propose that number two is Avengers. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's exactly where I've had it to. Oh,
1: well, <laughs> okay, I was really. Okay, yeah, we what, what, that.
0: What makes, uh, what, what, what makes Iron Man your number one film in this in, in phase one, at least?
1: I, I would say to me, Iron Man's number one because it started it all. And so like that, you got to get a points there just for it being the movie that kicked off this whole thing. Yeah.
0: There's that credibility of course.
1: Yes. But honestly, I just think like, I love it just because the more and more I watch it, like over the years, it's like, I, it's just a great character driven movie. Mm. -hmm. Yeah. Like you really get to see Tony change. Tony goes
0: through a full hero's journey in just the one film. Like there are some slow moments, but like all those slow moments are building towards character growth they're building towards the the um the relationships that tony has all throughout his life you know it's, it's building towards like us getting to know him more getting to know how he is with pepper what's going on between him and pepper right and like it's just a full movie all on its own and you know back when this first came out in 2008 you know i i think even John Favreau will tell you himself like yeah we didn't know we were going to make a sequel let alone an, an entire like cinematic universe or this so this had to stand alone on its own two feet and yeah. the the sum of its parts the casting the art direction the incredible CGI that like still holds up like this is exactly. the oldest film in the MCU chronology or not chronology like in in its uh filmography but like those suits still look real like those those effects still look great. Like the, 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 one of my favorite scenes is like when he's out in the Middle East taking out those terrorist cells and like, you know, he's flying through the air, you know, those explosions obviously aren't real or anything, but like you can't tell.
1: Yeah. Like it's a, it, it holds up uh, insanely well.
0: Yeah. So like the, the, the fact that the, the special effects still hold up, I mean, acting is going to hold up if it's great, no matter what, but like, so like yeah. everyone is everyone's acting the heck out of this movie. And like even roles where they don't have to like, they're, they're, you're, you're still getting like great roles out of everybody. Everyone's doing their, 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 their best.
1: Exactly. Like obviously Rob Downey Jr. Like that's the crazy thing about it is Rob Downey Jr. Like, you know, this was kind of his redemption film and you know, his real life.
0: Yeah. And the, and the character art kind of mirrors his real life journey as a human being as well, which is, you know, oddly poetic. But it, but it works, and I think that's the reason why he gave his all for this performance. Like he didn't yeah. have to. He's Robert Downey Jr. He's already won however many Oscars at this point, and like, but you know, he went through like alcoholism issues. Like he had like run-ins with the law and stuff like this, and like his career was essentially over prior to two thousand eight. And now he's one of the highest-paid actors in the world because of these movies.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned, like uh, Gualtiero does great, like. uh Jeff Bridges is a. Like I said, he's a pre. His acting's great. I mean, he's not the most With the of scraps. <laughs> yeah, I no, mean, you're not the most imaginative villain. It kind of sets the template for most villains in future yeah. Iron Man movies. It, it does
0: the thing that MCU does, is like where the villain is just the hero but bad. You know? Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's it. But his, his performance is still very good.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, but there's still that under under underlying sadness about the character like the tragedy of of tony stark and the fact that like tony stark isn't like the best human being in the world but we're still rooting for him right and and by the end of the infinity saga when he's gone like his his absence is 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 known His, his absence is felt throughout everybody that he's touched right and like we and this is and and the reason because of that is because of films like iron man and the fact that Iron Man just as a film outside of the MCU, it just works. And it, it, it and it's a film that holds up because of the great acting, because of the great scripting, because of the way that it kind of feels almost improv. Some, some of the chemistry between some of the characters are just, they just feel like buddies hanging out. And you're just like, and you as the audience, like you just feel that connection. And it endears you to these characters.
1: Exactly. I completely agree.
0: On the other hand, with Marvel's The Avengers, you know, there's a little less of that. And I feel like as a spectacle film, you know, you know, even when it came out in 2012, uh, you know, it grossed over a billion dollars. And it was one of the biggest movies that ever came out. And it was one of the first time. This is, you know, a huge experiment in like, hey, we're going to take characters from a bunch of different other movies and put them in one movie. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Avengers Endgame is like, you know, just Almost 10 years away, but whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I said, that's exactly what I would say. Like, this movie was special. I remember it being a big deal.
0: Yeah, and you didn't see this one in theaters, huh?
1: You know what? Now you're thinking, maybe I did see it once. Like, I'm really starting to think, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Age of Ultron is the first one I remember going to see, but I feel I had to have seen this in
0: theaters. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it, it grossed all the money in the world. So, I, I mean, it has I I, it has your money?
1: <laughs> I'm sure it does. Like, we just like for whatever reason I'm just blanking on it. But like I said, it's like, like I said, it's a great spectacle.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where my praise kind of ends, especially in the yeah. context of the rest of the MCU. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a good movie. Um, the second, the second act is pretty slow. They've wasted. Uh, I feel like they completely wasted Hawkeye. Like, I don't, oh, at the yeah. end of that movie, I don't care. I still don't care about Hawkeye. Like, right. even at the end of Hawkeye's series, I don't care about Hawkeye. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, I will only say at the end of the of the Disney Plus series, I do care about Hawkeye.
0: You know, I you know I have this weird mental block with, when it comes to Hawkeye. I think I just don't like Jeremy Renner.
1: Oh, I like Jeremy Renner.
0: <laughs> I, I don't, man. There's something about Jeremy Renner that just rubs me the wrong way. Maybe it might be his weird social media app. Where he just thinks he's the greatest actor who's ever lived because he won that one Oscar for The Hurt Locker, I don't know. I don't. Know. I did not know that was a thing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Jeremy Renner's weird. But uh, yeah, the wasted Hawkeye. Um, the second act's kind of slow, and like Joss Whedon just doesn't know what to do with um, Captain America, and it's very oh, distracting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would argue his inability to, know what to do with Captain America really translates to he doesn't know what to do with Superman. I don't know what he doesn't do about these idealistic, altruistic characters. He cannot do them.
0: Well, it turns out cause it's because he's a scumbag.
1: <laughs> well, know. yes, that that, that too. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's so it's so strange to me. Like, I mean, I, I get that you know he's he's used to working with more morally complex people, you know, like Buffy and you know characters like that, but like. But like the template was already written for you by uh, uh, Joe Johnston in uh, you know the first Avengers, so like just work off of that, man. Like don't make him this aloof dummy. Like he's supposed to be the leader of the Avengers, and you're turning him into like yeah. kind of an idiot.
1: Yeah, like that's my thing. Is like and this is a problem. I I know, it's, like even in comics, that a lot of a lot of people cannot write Captain America.
0: Yeah, I mean Joe and Anthony Russo can.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yes, they definitely can. But a lot of people like can't, and it's like they just make him like trying to be like, Oh, isn't it America. He's so dumb. He's so out of touch with the modern world. He's too idealistic. And I'm just like, that's doesn't make him dumb.
0: Yeah. Thank <laughs> just... goodness for the winter soldier movie, because like, they oh, yeah. They deal with his out of placeness, like right at the beginning, like, Oh, I'm, I'm just catching up on all the things that I missed. Like that, that's it. They, they, they don't mention it anymore. Like he, like, yeah, he has the, the, the ideologies of like, I mean, not like the toxic ideology, but like he has like the, the, <laughs> the patriotic ideology. The good, he,
1: yeah. Yeah. He has uh, the good ideologies of the time period he's from. Yeah.
0: Exactly. It's like he 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 translates those into like modern times, but like we've moved on, but like, oh you get it? Because he's like a hundred years old, you get it? He's probably <laughs> yeah. a virgin. Get it?
1: <laughs> like, yeah, like see, that's funny. Don't do what the don't do what the ultimate Avengers did with his out-of-touchness.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah, it's such it's such a shame. Like you take like it's such an interesting character like that, but you know, I'm I'm glad that at least you know Joe and Anthony Russo get it, and like they really redeemed that character in the subsequent appearances. You know, and then like you know, Age of Ultron comes along, and it's like, there. Joss Whedon is doing the same thing with Captain America, just made him kind of like a dummy. And it's like, I, oh.
1: I all I can say is I'm just very thankful that Joss Whedon didn't touch Civil War. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he could have really done a lot of. He 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 would have done that boob joke again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, it's so slow. we'll we'll get into some of the dumb jokes when we get to <laughs> Age of Ultron, sure. You yeah, got
0: phase two at some future episode, but you know, outside of like the problems that I have with the Avengers, uh, you know, it, it, in phase one, it's still a fan. It's still a exciting movie. It's still oh, exactly highly entertaining. Like, you know, every character acts like they were written by Joss Whedon because, you know, in this movie they were, but like some of those interactions are still entertaining. Like, like, yeah yeah so have, seeing and seeing arguments between super super powered people is entertaining like that yeah I, yeah. I, yeah that's those are the reasons why i like you know batman v superman you know there's a lot of those interactions between you know godlike beings and i just want to see them talk for like a long time but uh you know so so this has that i love the third act you know it's 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 big and dumb in like all the best ways but you know it's yeah. got some incredible moments you know starts off this this movie also starts the seed of like the rivalry between thor and hulk which is fun yeah that's yeah. Al-
1: always enjoyable
0: yeah and, and you know this movie is constantly referenced by future mcu movies as well and for good reason right like you know well, yeah, Loki has like a turning point in his life because of this movie
1: exactly and like it and it's like it sets okay, it just brings the avengers together it sets up the future of the Infinity Saga, pretty much.
0: Yeah, and if it wasn't for Avengers Endgame, like if we made this list prior to that film coming out, I probably would have ranked the Avengers lower, like maybe around, I'd say three at the highest. But like Avengers Endgame makes the Avengers a better film because now every time I watch the Avengers, I know that in the back of my head, there's secret stuff that you can't see off screen going on like right just just over there the ancient one is also like fighting uh shintari you know
1: exactly so and, like, and it just it makes it brings all of that because you know so much stuff i think in that final fight in in-game mirrors stuff from the first adventures
0: yeah and and because of the fallout of this we get the conflict in spider-man homecoming like again like the future films have made this film so much better than you know where i would have put it you know prior to those films coming out so exactly like, that's, that's what i love about the mcu like nothing is wasted like even you know lesser movies that you know my least of the favorite movies like thor the dark world like endgame made that movie important you yes know?
1: and it made it it made it mean so much more
0: yeah so you know i, I so i think we you and i i mean you, we, we both had it at number two like i think two is a good spot for it right exactly yeah, so I, I think we got it. I think this is going to be the easiest of the phases we're going to rank. All right, it's so, like we're
1: we're get so many fights going forward. <laughs> with This series.
0: If you know what we have. I have the power to cancel the show. I think I'll be the bigger man and not do it. You know,
1: <laughs> well I'll let I'm it glad. go. <laughs> I'm glad I and I have the power to quit. I don't think I'll do that either. So,
0: <laughs> so folks, if you missed it, uh, once again, that is number six, the Incredible Hulk. Number five. Iron Man too. Iron Man. Yeah, Daniel convinced me not to put Thor at number five. The Thor is now at number four. Captain America, the first Avenger, bumps up to number three. Marvel's The Avengers, uh, which actually in a, actually overseas outside of the U.S. is called Avengers Assemble.
1: Huh. I don't. You think know that's that. a better title? I think it is actually.
0: Uh, I I keep going back and forth because I feel like if this movie was called Avengers Assemble, it would have taken away the power of Captain America saying it in an Endgame.
1: Uh, i would have been like, oh, that, that you, oh um, like that
0: movie he said, you know, eight years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I, yeah, I, could see that.
0: Yeah, so I don't know, I, I go back and forth. And, of course, number one, no surprise, we got Iron Man at 2008. So, yeah, at some point in the future, we're going to be doing, uh, you know, phase two. The, to remind you guys, that's Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. A little, a, a little, a little Ant-Man. Throw, throw an Ant-Man over there.
1: I said yes. I say everyone loves Ant Man, don't they?
0: Oh, I think so. Yeah, I I I love Ant Man. I like Paul Rudd. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see how much you like him uh, in a future episode. Uh, So yeah, that was fun. Uh, I can't wait to do more of these. Daniel, Uh, Phase Three is going to be crazy, and oh boy, I I will shout not. I'm I'm probably going to shout, but not because I'm I'm copying Jeff Bridges. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. Sounds good, my friend. Hey, Daniel, what you got there? i said oh
1: i said well mike i have here is uh mike if you had to guess like you know i i like you, know, we, you and i we like music
0: oh right? yeah i think
1: that's fair i've it's heard like, rumors that you like music yeah <laughs> yeah right and uh i i might i might like a band called me without you i may have mentioned them oh, time to you.
0: one of your favorite bands of all time yeah oh, yes yes <laughs>
1: that's like. well uh i have here is a podcast called us without them oh okay and this is a podcast hosted by three guys like one is like a religion major at college mm-hmm. one guy is like, a, is like a like a professor of like audio engineering or whatever and the other guys just some dude <laughs> and they are all huge they're all friends and they're huge fans of the band me without you and in honor of them going on their farewell their farewell tour this year finally i will be seeing them on that i will cry yeah it's- you
0: still have your ticket I'm, i hope right
1: Yes, nice. (laughs) That's it. So I will be seeing them, and they what they do with this podcast is they are going through every single song in BTS discography, and each episode, and these episodes are about an hour and a half long, going through lyrically, musically, I say everything of each individual song.
0: Wow. That is quite the undertaking. You know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm also familiar with me without you. Thanks to you actually, you know, shout out yes. to the skinny with Mike and Adam, but uh, you know, and you're, you're definitely the super fans so you know, you, you know, a lot more about, you know, a lot of more lyrical themes and, you know, uh, and, and concepts than I do, but in the exposure to me without you that I do have, Oh my gosh that's there's so much to unpack and it's almost like right. a full-time job so i'm glad there's like there's somebody out there there's a group of people out there doing all that heavy lifting for the audience you know
1: yes and like as of right now they have seven episodes out so they are all over halfway through the first album
0: okay nice that's dude
1: so- so I'm catching it right. In the, again, I only heard about this podcast because uh, someone they were they posted on the me Hat you subreddit that they were doing this podcast. and I was like, hey, well, <laughs> check this out. This sounds exactly like what I'm interested in. Now the fact de- that they did a 50 minute episode on a on a 45 second instrumental track shows their
0: dedication. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is some hardcore fan base right there. Yes.
1: So I, I love everything about this. And they're talking about like I said they're going to the first album, which is probably like quote, unquote, my quote, unquote, least favorite hmm. But when they get to like uh, the later albums, I, I am so excited for what I'm going to hear
0: talked about. Have they kind of unveiled anything to you that you might have missed in any of these, uh, in any of these songs on this first album? That something say- that you not have known or something maybe giving you a, a new appreciation for these songs? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like I like
1: they'll mention things like, oh well, this this line right here is a reference to that because you know, I am not a philosophy major, <laughs> and a lot of this stuff also requires you to be a religion or philosophy major. You're like, oh, this is a reference to this book from this author. And I'm like, oh, I did not have a clue.
0: Oh, nice. So that's cool. Yeah, you're, so you're learning a lot too, even even the super fan that you are. Yes, that's awesome. And people can just find this on uh, their favorite podcasting yep.
1: service. Say so, yep, I, your favorite podcast service. Is, us without them. The T and the them is capitalized.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I I love the concept of this. You know, there is something similar. It's not my what you got there, but like Buddy Nielsen's doing his own thing. Uh, I think it's called like the past is proof, which is a census fail song. Uh, so like he's doing an episode about every census fail song as well. So um, and that's coming straight from the source as well. So like when it comes to something like this, like with us without them, like I wonder how much of it is extrapolating. Like I, I, I hope one day that this, this podcast like gains theme and gets maybe some members of me without you uh, out on there. Right. And, you know, just, just to confirm or deny for not right, any of their right. theories are correct. Right. <laughs> right. It, the funny part is I'll bring up
1: this one thing is they say that, you know, you think of bands like I me mean, that you think very unified in vision, mm-hmm. but that's not because you're only hearing the one guy sing. Right. And like, the, like they pull out the screen. There's this great song. That's like, I've, I say off the first album, I forget which one it was, but it's like considered like a classic with the fan base, especially with the fans of the older albums. And they're like and they they said there was an interview with Aaron, their lead singer, and he's like, Oh yeah, that's a pretty good punk song. I remember I think I remember that song. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like I see and then you listen to their drummer and their drummer's like I don't really know anything about lyrics, man. I just want to be in a rock band. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I just play the drums. I don't know. What you want me. I'm
0: not even in the room when they're recording the vocals, man. I'm like out getting some like Taco Bell or whatever, dude.
1: <laughs> right. So it's just like finding out the little
0: tidbits like that are always enjoyable. Oh, that's very interesting, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have to check in with this podcast. Like when it gets to the, the albums that I'm a little bit more like, uh, not like I'm a little bit more like in touch with the ones that kind of spoke to me a little bit more. That's awesome. Yeah, like
1: that's that's kind of how I am with the first. Like I love the first album, but it, it's the lyrics do not hit me like the future albums. So I'm very intrigued to see what they do with the later work.
0: Man, that's an interesting pick, man. Cool. Th- thanks for bringing that.
1: I say you're welcome. So, Mike, what you got there?
0: You know, so earlier I talked about uh, uh, you know a game, dodgeball academia, that you know where. The premise is like this: exists in a world where everything is revolved around dodgeball, and dodgeball is the most important thing in the world. Like, like, like architecture is built around dodgeball. Like, like, like dodgeball is life. So, my what you got there is something that kind of takes that premise and kind of runs with it and creates like a whole little mini series about it. So, I have linked below in in the description of this episode a little animated YouTube series. Uh, about ten episodes uh, called Box Peak. And uh, the bo- and Box Peak was created by um, uh, by like a video games journalist named Kyle Bossman, who used to be part of the Easy allies. and uh, and the premise of the show is that like, um it's kind of like Pokemon, where like uh, and and like Dodgeball Academia, where like Box Peak is everyone's favorite game, and like everybody loves it the entire world economy is built around a box peak and it's just the greatest game that's ever existed. And the cool thing about it is like for the art direction, the entire game, or, I'm sorry, the entire show, all 10 episodes and each episode's like, you know, 10, 12 minutes long. They're not, it's not long at all, but like each episode is all built with paper and paper craft. And it is filmed that way. Like all the special effects you see are like cute little editing tricks to where like, like, oh, this person, like, turned to the left, but it's a completely different drawing, so, like, it had to be edited that way, like, very cleverly. And it's just this cute little show, and, uh, you know, when I was playing Dodgeball Academia, I was kind of, you know, thinking about, like, The Secret World of Gumball, I was thinking about Box Peak, you know, and I was thinking about other wacky stuff like that, but uh, Box Peak's definitely one of those things that, like, I thought was going to be super, like, popular when it first came out, but it looks like it's just kind of, like, moderately popular for, and mainly just for people who Like the easy allies, but uh, yeah, definitely check it out. At least check out the first episode. First episode is like like, you know about ten minutes long. You can probably find it on YouTube if you don't want to click the the description below. So just check out Box Peak. There's already you know a a playlist for all ten episodes that you want to check out. And uh, I think I think you definitely like it, Daniel. I think I think this might be the humor might be like up your up your alley as well. Yeah,
1: it's definitely very interesting. I am never heard of this, and I'm definitely interested to check this out. I will be checking it out from the from the link in the description
0: yeah and like you know the, the the theme song is like so catchy and you know it plays on like anime tropes like uh like pokemon tropes so uh, like um like chosen one myth you know there's so much stuff that like it it pulls from different mediums especially like from animation and stuff. and it's again it's all done at paper and papercraft and it's just so clever and it's like the writing is really good and like me and my wife like we quote the show like, come some of the, some of our most, like, some, like, one of our most famous, or one of our funniest moments on there is that, uh, he, he goes shopping for some stuff that he needs to play Box Peak, but he doesn't have enough, like, what is it, credits or whatever. And so he's, he's just buying whatever he, he, he gets. And then later in the episode, he gets into a Box Peak match with somebody who's a lot, I guess, more wealthier than him. And he has, like, a lot of, like, mods made to his box. So he looks at the stuff he got, he, he just bought. He's like, he's like, oh no. All of this stuff is stupid. <laughs> so like <laughs> me and my wife, we constantly say that to each other all the time.
1: <laughs> There's a lot but of
0: quotable moments. So it's, 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 a, nice. it's a really good show. Well, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll do it for this week's episode. Again, thank you guys for uh, you know waiting for us to come back. I hope you guys had a good last six weeks or so. I definitely did. I got married to the love of my life and uh, I get to do this show again and i'm looking forward to this and future episodes daniel thank you again for letting me take a break as well and uh of i look forward to hearing about your wedding in just a few months as well my friend Let's say i will let you know all updates that that i have absolutely so without further ado for my co-host daniel i am your co-host mike and like we say next time Thanos gives us a little Loki pokey stick try to catch her more infinity stones for him GG!